Good morning, living word. Good morning, morning manites. God bless you on a brand new day that the Lord hath made. Yes, we will rejoice and be glad in this wonderful and this beautiful day. Yes, we are in love with Jesus and he is in love with us. I absolutely loved the lyrics of that song. I'm in love with Jesus and he is in love with me. Because he certainly is in love with us. He was not. He would not have done all that he did for us. And so we can glorify his name. We can bless him because of his steadfast love for us. So yes, we can sing that song in total agreement. I'm in love with Jesus and he is in love with me. Well, I know he's in love with us. <laughs> Are we in love with him? That's the part that we have issues with are we really loving him jesus said if you love me though just do what i say simple prove you love jesus by just simply doing what he says if the word says it come in agreement with it and just do it and you just show that's how you show you love the lord is by living according to his word not the hallelujahs it's not the jumping it's not the running around church it's not the dressing it ain't none of that course all that is included but to show that you really love the lord is you living your life according to his instructions according to his word amen and so i pray that today you already have made your connection with your heavenly father you're wide awake you've taken your cold shower you're ready to hit the road you've spoken over your life spoken to your world you fully understand that you have influence in your day because God's word has already been prepared for this day. And you just come in agreement with that word by speaking that word, God's word over your life. And you'll be surprised how the day can turn out. Amen. Today, I want to talk about spiritual growth. Um, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about spiritual growth because, well, a lot of people don't even know what spiritual growth is. And a lot of people in church for 20 years and they seem to be at the same stage, they have not grown. They're spiritually retarded. And because of that, they're still weak. They still need to be taught. They still need to be fed. They do not know how to feed themselves. They're still at milk stage, never going to bread or even to meat. And that's because they are now growing spiritually. So what is spiritual growth? In a, in a nutshell, spiritual growth is a process of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Basically, that's what it is. Becoming more and more. The Bible says, until Christ be formed in us. That is what God is doing through his spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to be like Christ. Christ was an example. He came, he walked on the earth, and he was the perfect example. So we all should be trying to be more like Christ. Not like Paul, not like James, not like Peter, not like Elisha or Elijah. No, we should all be striving to become more and more like Jesus Christ because he is that perfect example. As great as the prophets were, as great as the apostles were, they all at one time were sinners. They all had weaknesses. They all had shortcomings. 
But we thank God for Jesus Christ because he was the innocent one. He was the perfect one. And he's the one that God is using as our object to be more like. Amen. So when we place our faith in Christ Jesus and according to his word, the Holy Spirit begins the process of making us more like him and conforming us to his image. Right. In Second Peter, Second uh, Peter one, verse three through eight, it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Uh, um, see, this this tells us. <coughs> that God has given us everything we need. It is God's power. It is, it is through God's power why we have everything we need to live lives of godliness. The Bible said God has given us all things that is necessary for life, all things that is necessary for godliness. So everything we need to grow spiritually as has already been granted to us. Right? And so the goal the goal, our spiritual growth should be one of our goals in everyday life. We must consistently want to grow spiritually. Now, we do all the things to take care of the physical man, the emotional man. What are we doing to making sure that our spiritual man is growing? And the Bible says that we grow through the knowledge of him, right? And so knowledge is the key of obtaining everything we need. Remember, Scripture said we perish because we lack what? Because we lack knowledge. So knowledge is the key of obtaining everything we need. You know, the Bible said we're already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And so if we are already blessed, then we just need knowledge of that. Then we can begin to accept our blessing and begin to walk in our blessing. But if we don't have knowledge of the things that God has provided for us, then we'll be ignorant of it. And because we're ignorant of it, we cannot participate in it. We cannot participate in it. So our knowledge of Christ, our knowledge of the things of heaven, the things of God comes from the word. And the word is given to us for, for our edification and for our growth, right? There are two lists in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 and 19 to 23 talks about the Acts of the flesh, right? And these are the things that are identified with our lives before we came to Christ for salvation. The acts of the flesh are the activities. We are, those are the things we ought to confess. Those are the things we ought to repent of and with God's help overcome. And as we experience spiritual growth, fewer and fewer of the acts of the flesh will be evident in our lives, okay? <laughs> if you're still dealing with these things, then you have not grown past it yet, right? And so if we're still, and we can look at it real quick so you see what I'm talking about. Galatians 5 and verse 19, it says, Now the acts of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envy, and murders, drunkenness, reveling, such alike. All those things, if we're still dealing with those things, then we have not grown past them okay and so as children of god we need to make sure we have grown past those acts of the flesh now if we continue on to verse 22 it tells you 
the 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 fruit of the spirit right so this is the place that we need to grow to these are the things that should be manifest in us it says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness and faith meekness temperance against such that there is against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts and if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit so spiritual growth is identified by the fruit of the spirit becoming increasingly evident in our lives right and so as we leave hate behind it is replaced by love right and so we should be increasingly growing in love every day it means we are growing spiritually we're increasingly moving from sadness and unhappiness into joy. It simply means we're growing spiritually. We are moving from warlikeness, you know, always arguing, always complaining, into a place of peacefulness. That means we are growing spiritually, okay? We're moving from doubt into faith. We are growing spiritually. It's the fruit of the Spirit that really shows if we are growing spiritually. Well, what fruit are you bearing? What is the fruit of your life? Because based on the fruit, based on the character of your life, it tells everyone around you whether you are growing spiritually or you are spiritually retarded. You're not growing. You've been stuck in the same place for the last 10 years, last 15 years, last 20 years. You know, even for the last year, you're still stuck in the same place. You, that means you're spiritually retarded. It's time for us to get on the ball and do the things that is necessary to bring forth spiritual growth. The Bible tells us in John 14 and verse 16 that the Spirit of God dwells in us, right? Um, Jesus said, I will pray to Father that he should give you another comforter that he may abide with you, even the Spirit of truth. And so we already know that the Spirit of God is already inside of us. God has given us His Spirit. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. The Bible says, if we are in Christ, we are brand new creatures. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That old sinful nature must give way to the new Christ-like nature. Amen. If we're going to grow spiritually, we have to rid ourselves of the sinful nature that takes discipline it takes self-sacrifice you know it, it takes self-denial when i say deny self you're denying the sinful part of you right the sin the thing that's trying to pull you back into the things that you know is absolutely wrong for your life you need to deny that and tell your body no tell your mind no there's some things i am never going to do again we must all have those absolutes there's some things in my life that I will never do. Yeah, we must always have those absolute. Tell yourself, make sure you know in your mind that there's some things that you will never do. Why? Because it is sinful. And there's some things you're going to make sure you always do. And those are the things that are right in the sight of God. Those things will cause you to have right standing with God. Right? And those are the things that's going to cause you to grow spiritually. So there's four keys to spiritual growth that I just want to bring to you very quickly um, today. Um, it, it's important that 
we grow spiritual. The first key is this. You must know that you are saved. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, a lot of Christians, you know, they keep on saying that they're sinners, just, you know, just living by grace. Stop saying you are a sinner. <laughs> Stop saying that. If you keep on saying you are a sinner, then you're always going to be dealing with sin because that is what, that's just how you're characterizing yourself. The Bible said, any man being Christ, he's new, right? He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You are no longer a sinner, okay? So stop calling yourself a sinner. Why? It's a change of mindset. So the first thing you need to change is your mind. You get to the old ways of thinking out of your head. Stop saying, oh, I'm a sinner. You're not a sinner. You are a child of God. You must come to that reality. Your thinking must change. You must think according to salvation, not according to sin. Right? And so it's important that we understand that we're no longer the old man. We are brand spanking new. Amen. In 1 John 1 and 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all sin. So if you are walking in the light, and what is the light? Walking in the truth, right? The truth, that's the truth. You are cleansed of your sin. That's the truth. Get that in your head. I'm a child of God. I am no longer a sinner. I don't want nobody to put the sin label on me because I'm not. The Bible said the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed me from all sin. And not only that, God said he no longer remembers our sin. Right? So it's, it's important that as a child of God, you know, we, we make up our mind and to know that if we are cleansed from all our sin, then we are no longer a sinner we're now saints. We're now the children of Almighty God. We know Romans 12, verse 2 said, Be not conformed to this world. Stop thinking like this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're never going to get it until your mind change. You're never going to walk right until your mind change. You've got to get your mind changed. you got to stop thinking. Um, as a sinner and start thinking as a saint. Let me say it again. Stop thinking as a sinner and start thinking as a saint. Now, how are we going to get there? We get there by point number two, which is spending time in the Word. You need to spend time in the Word. Some of you, instead of reading words, you all are reading a whole bunch of different books. Listen, until you grow spiritually, until you are strong, mature in the Word of God, Put away all those other books because all a lot of them do, all that, that happens to a lot of you is that you fall into confusion. and You don't even know what to think because you read so many different books with so many different ideas and how to do this and how to do that. One of the things I say to all new Christians, you should know like the back of your hand, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right, you should know. You should read it seven times. Every new Christian should read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at least seven times. You must say in that I've read it seven times. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you go on to Acts and to Romans and 
first and second Corinthians and all the, the, the gospels and begin to read those things. And those would help to transform your mind. Okay. But why I say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because you need to know the life of Jesus because he's the one that God is trying to get you to be like. So it's important that you know who Jesus is. You need to know Jesus's character. And the only way to know his character is to spend time in his word. So there must be a steady, constant intake of the word of God. Okay. The more we put it into practice in our lives is the extent we will grow as Christians. If you don't read the word, it's hard for you to grow. The word is what feeds the spirit man. First Peter 2 and 2 said, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Amen. And so if we're not pouring ourselves in the word, <clears throat> then we're going to come up short. We're not going to grow like we should go. Amen. We're never going to advance beyond our steady diet of God's word. Let me say it again. We're never going to advance beyond our steady diet of God's word. Let you get it in your mind. Get it. Let it make sure it's a part of your routine that each day that I'm reading the word of God. In Colossians 3, 16, it said, let the word of God dwell in you richly. <laughs> when I said that word Richly it means you should be full of it. You should be deep in the word. Let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. It's important that we get that word inside of us. Amen. Get the word inside of us. 2 Timothy 2.15 said, study to show thyself to prove unto God. Study to show yourself approved unto God. That's Listen, it's hard for God to use you if you have no word in you. Okay, let me say it again. It's hard for God to use you if you have no word in you. You need to get the word of God in you. So that word of God in you can be activated by his spirit. The Bible goes on to say the workmen that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So it's important that you deep dive in the word. Let me say it again. It's important that you have a steady diet of the word. That is the only way you're going to grow. In Hebrews 5 and verse 12, Paul writes this. He said, for when... For the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principle of the oracles of God, and I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So what Paul is saying to the church is that when you ought to be teachers, some of you still need to be taught. You have not learned. You have not gone, grown past the milk stage. Okay. And so it's a shame that you're in the, in the, you know, you're, you're, you're a child of God for a year or two years. You had, you're still doing the same exact thing you were doing before you got saved. You have not included the word in your daily activities. 
You're still dealing with your sinful nature more and more. And if you keep on that way, the sinful nature is going to overwhelm you. Amen. And so the Bible says in Hebrews 6, it said, Therefore, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, that is the first doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, right? Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. So Paul is saying you should be way past talking about, oh, repentance, repentance. He said you should be way past that. You should be moving on towards perfection. You should be grown in faith, okay? It's important that we understand those things. We move from the rudimentary things, move from the base things to the greater things in the kingdom of God. And the only way we're going to do it is to have a steadfast inclusion of the word in our lives. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then thirdly, after you learn the word, then you must be obedient to the word. Live in obedience to the word. Don't be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. You know, you cannot grow spiritually if you're not disciplined to follow what the words say, to do what it says. Stop coming up with your own ideas about what you should do and just do what the word says. Amen. Even if you're in a disagreement with the word, you still should do the word. Even if you don't understand it, do what it says. Obedience now, revelation will come later. Amen. It's important that as children of God, we live in obedience to the word. The Bible tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. And obedience is of the utmost importance. Every step of growth in the Christian life is a step of obedience to the word of God. Where there is no obedience, there is no spiritual growth. Let me say it again. Where there is no obedience, there is no spiritual growth. Obedience is an essential part of the Christian faith. Okay. The Bible tells us to be obedient unto death. Because that's how Christ was. He was obedient unto death, even to death on the cross, right? And so it, it's important that we get this, we understand that. If you read Philippians 2 and verse 8, it says, And be found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him, given him nameless above Every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus was highly exalted. Why? Because of his obedience. He obeyed the word. He, was, he obeyed. And, you know, and so he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, what is obedience? Obedience really is a dutiful submission and compliance to the commands of one who's in authority. And we know that God is the authority in our life. Amen. And so it is our obligation. It is our duty to obey the word of God, just as Jesus fulfilled his duty to the Father. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. That is also our duty. The word when we say submissive, that means we are to yield to the will of God. 
Amen. So it's our duty to yield to the will of God because God is the one in authority. He is the sovereign one. It is who, who we must submit our lives to. After all, you're not your own. You're caught, you are bought with a price. Amen. You are called by God. You're chosen by him. <clears throat> and it's your duty to worship him. And you cannot worship him in disobedience. Disobedience is not included in worship. <laughs> you must be obedient in order to worship God. And lastly, you must develop a prayer life. You must have a prayer life, right? For a Christian, praying is supposed to be like breathing, right? It should be easier to do than not to do. <laughs> Amen. So the Bible said men ought always to pray and not to faint. This is what Jesus says, right? And if Jesus prayed, then we should pray, right? The Bible tells us that he would get up early in the morning, then he would go to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And then after praying, he will come down from the mountaintop. He walked on water. He healed the sick. He fed the thousands. You know, all those things came out of prayer. So it's important that we spend time praying. Mark 1 and 35 says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Simply means find some place where you can be alone with God and pray. Pray. You gotta go out to your car in the morning, go out to your car. You don't want you don't want to wake anybody up. Go to the garage. Go somewhere. Go lock yourself in the bathroom. Get out of bed so you don't wake up your spouse. Whatever the case is, but find a place to read your word and to Pray. In Acts 1 and verse 14, it says, These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication. The church pray together. As people of God, it is so important that we pray together. It is so important that we come together as a church and people of God to pray. And the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous avail it much. Amen. In Acts 2 and 42, it says they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Amen. And because of their consistent praying, we see what the early church did, how the power of God was evident in the church. The Bible tells me that one day Peter was going to, to prayer and there was somebody sitting at the gate, the gate called Beautiful, waiting for alms. And Peter said to him, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have, we give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Listen, that's through consistent praying. It's amazing that that happened on their way to prayer. Glory to God. Listen, with little prayer, little power, much prayer, much power. And so it's important that we, we pray. Amen. It's important that we pray. For all reasons, the Bible said, let's not worry about anything, but in, but pray about everything. When we're making big decisions, make sure you pray. In order to overcome demonic barriers, make sure you're praying. Amen. To, great, to gain strength, to overcome temptation, make sure you're praying. Amen. And so children of God, 
Prayer is a necessary ingredient if we're going to grow spiritually. If we're going to walk as overcomers, we must have prayer in our lives. As I said before, let me summarize it one more time. The first thing you need to do is know that you're saved. Stop calling yourself a sinner. The next thing you need to do is spend time in the word of God. Read the word. Listen to the word. Speak the word. Be Let the word be rich in you. Thirdly, live in obedience with that word. As you gain knowledge, apply knowledge. It doesn't make sense to know know better and then do not do better. It's really crazy. But you know that you can do better and you don't do better. No, don't be just be hearers, but also be doers. And then lastly, make sure you develop a life of prayer. And that is how you are going to go spiritual. Of course, there's other things we can talk about, you know, but these are the foundation, foundation. We can talk about being close fellowship with other Christians, of now, um, brothers and sisters of the, of the faith that are going in the same direction, that want the same thing. You have all those things are important, but the four things I told you, those are the things that those are the foundation of your spiritual, spiritual growth. And if you're doing those things, you will grow spiritually. Amen. So let us pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for reminding us, God, that it's it's important that we are growing in the word, that we're growing in the wisdom and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that more and more he can be formed in us. And I pray, God, as your children, we will examine ourselves and see if we're still in the faith. We'll examine ourselves to see if we we have overcome the sins that easily beset us. Because, God, that will let us know whether we are growing or we are stagnant or we're retarded or we're going backwards. And so I pray that as your people listen to these short words of encouragement god they will get in alignment with your word they will get in alignment with what you're saying to your people in this time that they can go they can grow they can be established and father they can do great and mighty things that will bring you glory your word said we ought to let our light shine before men god and they will see our good works and come to glorify you in heaven father you're still requiring your glory through us and so i pray god we refuse to be good for nothing in the kingdom but god we will make sure our lives bring honor glory and praise to you each and every day and for this father we say thank you we bless your name for it's in jesus name we pray amen